And from there, we started working with an architect and we really wanted to envision, I would say, my phrase for describing the coffee shop aesthetic is buttoned up bohemian. Welcome to the Coffee Snobs podcast, where we just really love good coffee. Grab your cup of coffee and join us each episode as we explore any and everything coffee related. From pour overs to lattes to the coffee experience, we explore it all because, well, life's too short to drink bad coffee. Let's go. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Coffee Snobs podcast. We are continuing our international influencer status. Uh, we're talking with Adam and Emily Byerly. Uh, they are currently, they live full time actually in Spain uh, and they are starting a new coffee shop and they're going to tell us all about that and lots of good stuff. But today's an extra special day. This is just happenstance or serendipity. We are recording on September 29th, which is National Coffee Day. And pretty much here in the States, that just means you get free crappy coffee from like Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. I think so. I mean, I haven't looked into it a ton, um, but we're celebrating National Coffee Day. And apparently in just two more days, October the 1st is International Coffee Day. But anyway... Welcome to the show, Adam and Emily. Thank you. Yeah, it's Hi. good to be here. Hello. This y'all. this is very exciting. One, hello, Tyler. How are you? Hey, hey, hey we're on. I mean, I didn't no. get it. I didn't even get like an, an, <laughs> He was just so excited. I'm okay, excited so about the the Spaniards. So this is yeah, this is really really cool uh, to kind of set a platform. But before we get into what's in your cup, yeah. back almost two years ago. Yes, episode 16, uh, 16. all the way back to October of 2019. Adam and Emily, how long have you guys lived in Spain now? It's been quite a while. Almost nine years. Yeah, Yeah. nine Nine years. years. We moved here in 2011, July of 2011, and then kind of back and forth a few times. But yeah. Yeah. So two years ago when we we kind of sat down with Adam uh, when the podcast was you know, what was that? 50 episodes ago, 50, and 50 episodes. And you were really kind of just getting into coffee. And I think, uh, Bria mm-hmm. cafe was like a seedling in your mind at that time. So it seemed yeah. interesting to hear how your coffee journey has uh, transpired over this past two years. But anyway, let's get yeah. this out of the way real quick. We're going to start off with what's in your cup. Hey, Aaron, what's in your cup? Uh, right now, what is in my cup is probably um, I should be banished and my snobbery status should be taken away from me because I, in the rush of trying to get prepared for this, I pulled a shot of espresso um, and put ice in it and then just poured as much water into it as I could so that I could get over here and make it back to the 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 podcast okay it is a cup of coffee it is better than anything that you could get uh from the bucks or um so do not go on national coffee day and get a free beverage she's do not do that but it's um real quick tyler have you made it to duncan and got your free cup today (laughs) well no i've been i've been busy around the house you know i like the duncan pumpkin 
There's I one right on the do. way to work. Just slide it. No, no, I have but, not uh, had that's, that's what's in my cup. And um, so before we before we let Tyler go, I know Emily has something in her cup. I do. So t- tell me what's tell in your all cup, about Emily. It. So I have a Brazil um, from actually the roaster here in Madrid that we're going to use at the cafe. And it's, uh, I'm reading the bag, it's a Catawai Rojo variety, natural process. And it has mm-hmm. chocolate, caramel, papaya, and an overall body, overall. That was good translating. Yeah. She's yeah. doing that translating from Spanish. <laughs> I'm reading the bag, nice. which is Spanish. That's, I'm trying to that's incredible. <laughs> but, but not only do I have a Brazil, I also have a homemade pumpkin spice syrup in here as Be well. Be careful that saying that around Aaron, though. I know. Hold, hold on, hold on. It's homemade, so I'm yeah. going to give you credit. Okay, and, you get- and, and it's it's very, very, it's off of James Hoffman's pumpkin spice but, recipe. So if I could okay, add- I was just going to say that. So if you went to, if you went to that lens of preparation, oh kudos. <laughs> How long did it take you to make that syrup? <laughs> Uh, about an hour and a half, but it's okay. It was fantastic. Well, <laughs> it is hey, fantastic. Yeah. we'll get to this in a minute about your oh future shop. Gosh. I'm hoping your your shop shop is going to have homemade syrups, and I'm getting the vibe it will. So, okay, like seriously, yeah. Let me, I have let me never, go real quick. I, I have never. Now hold on, Tyler. You just got to hold your brakes <laughs> because I have never wanted to try a pumpkin beverage ever in my entire life. But Emily, I have to say. Your commitment and oh my guess is a big deal. Like first Adam said, hold on, don't say that in front of Aaron, which is I, I kind of I kind of want to sink in my chair, but I'm also kind of proud of that. I don't know. Like yeah, yeah, I know. oh, but oh seriously, that's incredible. Well, impressive. kudos to you, Emily and Tyler. Now you can go. So well, mine's not nearly as impressive. <laughs> Sorry, real quick, Emily, how did you brew that? Was it just a Chemex or whatever you're we drinking? Did be- yeah, for Ooh, V60. Actually, it's the same V60. Tyler gave yeah. me as a gift two years ago. We're still using it. Right, we were getting into the coffee game, and you gave me a little white Hario V60, and we are still using that okay. little puppy. So, all right, wow. hey, it's the gift. Kudos keeps on to giving. you for making the porcelain last that long. Because I mean, I how, how many of those have you dropped? How many of you broke, Tyler? Uh, I think it's plastic, but anyway. Yeah, it uh, was okay. plastic. Okay. Well, so that's that's, that's a good. The BPA good thought, stuff Tyler. in it is good. All right. Well, um, what am I? I have an iced pour over that I made right before the show. Uh, I'm st- I've still got, I started subscribing to Enderly. Their Ethiopian is just really, really solid. And for a two pound bag, it's very reasonably priced. Anyway, it's delicious. It's always. Did you use Preston's recipe? I did. So on a, on a previous episode, uh, Preston, I think this is actually. James Hoffman's ice pour over. I think it is re- uh, recipe, but Good anyway, this Ethiopian is. I don't know everything about it, but I know it's a natural process, and it's good. And other way, so all right. Moving on to, to the main topic of today, uh, Bria Cafe, in I'm going to say Madrid, Spain. But Adam and Emily, tell us tell us about the shop and where exactly you guys are located. Yeah, so we're about 30 minutes outside of Madrid. Uh, it's a town called Alcalá de Henares, which is basically um, Don Quixote. The only thing they're really mainly famous for is that the writer of Don Quixote, this is kind of the town where he was born. Um, about 200,000 people, so a good-sized little city. Um, Just a little bit bigger city. than Canapolis. Just a little bit bigger than K-Town, yeah. But, I mean, uh, it's nice. We like it. 
And yeah, we've been here pretty much the whole time. We've lived in a few different places, but still always in the same city. Cool. So one of the reasons why you're on today is that there is a cafe that you and your wife, Emily, have set out to create in your city, which mm-hmm. uh, from what we take from previous episodes and, and conversations that you've had with Tyler, it wasn't that there was a like a desert for any coffee, but the caliber of coffee that you will be bringing to the area is not common for uh, the, for your area. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, I would say so. Um, specialty coffee really didn't even exist in Spain much, probably 10 years ago. Uh, it was kind of poorly looked upon because Europe does have some great specialty coffee places and Spain was kind of poorly looked upon. And then uh, actually Nomad Coffee out of Barcelona, there was a guy there uh, that was in the UK and was learning specialty coffee. And he brought it back to Barcelona. I think that was like 2012, 2013. Um, and Nomad Coffee became one of the first really big specialty coffee roasters. And then some other guys picked it up in Alicante, which is in Southern Spain, the uh, origin, the origin was their coffee place. And even in our town, we've seen the past, what, five years, probably how much it's grown here. Yeah. San Diego Coffee and Coffee Train are the only or two specialty coffee shops. They both have two locations downtown in the center of Madrid. And where we're center of Alcala. Center of Thank you. Sorry. Um, And where we live, we're in the northern part of the city in a very new development that has a lot of high rises and there's shops below. And so we are going to be the only specialty coffee shop here in our neighborhood, which is housing around, I think we're at 10,000 people right now. Um, And it's a very like, People walk around a lot. It's a very uh, green area, so people are really like biking, and so it's a very a lot of movement um, mm-hmm. on the streets. That's so, incredible. R- remind us on the previous episode, um, there wasn't much. Let's set the scene two years ago in Alcala. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say there was like a Starbucks or what was the type of coffee you said that most people drank that was very bitter um, and not very good? What's the, so what is the typical? Back- yeah, sorry. Yeah. Tour de facto. Tour de facto uh, is what Spain is really, and a few other countries here, um, Argentina too, I think, is known for tour de facto. And we talked about that last time, but basically it's a method of kind of caramelizing the beans as you're roasting them. So they go to first crack, they go to second crack, and then you add like, it's like 20% of the mass of the beans you add as white sugar into the roaster. Um, and you basically just coat the beans in like a sugar layer, uh, which immediately wraps them around. And it's meant as a kind of way of preserving them. Um, and it also adds mass to the beans so you can sell them at a better price because they're paying not just for the coffee, they're paying for the sugar on the beans as well. And then the chances are that probably it could get rancid. Uh, some people say it takes away the flavor, but it's definitely much, much more bitter uh, Emily, when we first came, like she'd go to bars and like you drink it there, and it's almost always torta facto. Or, like, Let me clarify: yeah. bar equals a yes. restaurant here, Sorry. not a drinking establishment. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Sorry, I wasn't just going to bars and call me all the time. But. <laughs> it could be coffee bar. Coffee exactly, bar. coffee bar. Uh, that's a, that's yeah. Sorry, yeah. that is the term we use here. Bar here basically means restaurant, which gets it's really like, confusing, especially. Oh, good. Uh, when we were talking to our parents the first couple of years we were here, they were like, <laughs> you guys are at bars out. all the time. We're like, oh, oh, no, yeah. But um, yeah, Toto Facto was what they used. And 
it's one of those things where people just get used to the taste. So there's like this question of why would you just keep drinking bad tasting coffee? It's very bitter. Yeah. It's bitter. They add a whole packet of sugar just to be able to put it down. They add milk. Um, and you're, if you're talking the proportion or ratio of coffee to milk, it's a one single shot, I think, of mm-hmm. espresso. And then you're, I mean, t- three to four times the milk, um, like, proportion. Yeah. Are you so, talking like, I say, like 30 milliliters to 120 milliliters of milk or even more than that? So that'd be like a one to four ratio. Yeah, probably one to three, maybe. Yeah, probably one to three. Wow. But mm-hmm. yeah. So that's kind of Spain's background with coffee. And gotcha. but everybody drinks it. That's, I mean, until especially coffee came on the scene, that is your, you go anywhere. Even like there yeah. are cafeterias here, which are more like sit down, like you can order a pastry with a coffee. You get the torrefacto mm-hmm. more than, I mean, 99% of the if time. If it's a nicer place, it might be like 70% regular and then 30% torrefacto. But natural versus natural, yeah, yeah, that's so confusing that's, here, too. Yeah, that's still the scene. The average person in Alcala yeah. or Madrid is currently mainly drinking the Tour de Facto, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, are you guys gonna be serving <laughs> Tour de Facto? At, no, oh, okay, no, we will not no, no. be, <laughs> yeah, so, so this is so uh, that's prime, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so you're 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 going into an area. Um, and you are creating a coffee shop, uh, essentially a, a commonplace, and a, a you're going to be one of the specialty coffees in the area. So, mm-hmm. okay, we've kind of jumped to uh, back from episode 16 when you were on entry level of coffee, and then now we're in episode 66, 50 episodes later, and your coffee shop is about to launch. So tell me a little bit about the journey that you've had in coffee, right? That took you from, okay, dipping your toe in. I remember like you and Tyler chatting and cause I was out of town when you, when y'all recorded the episode. And then like a few months later, Tyler's like, Hey, I think they're going to do a coffee shop. And I'm like, he just like, seriously like that quick. So tell us a little bit of the background of how you got to this point And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, so I think we actually Tyler and Allison were huge in, in giving us like showing us different roasts and beans. So I think we really we've been to Starbucks a lot because usually it's international. So where you go, you're comfortable, you know, you're familiar with it. That's where you do. But um, we went to Madrid probably about three years ago, four mm-hmm. years ago, we discovered a coffee shop that is specialty coffee in Madrid called Ola Coffee. And it was amazing. It's an amazing cup of coffee. They do very, they roast their own beans there. They really have like more of a, a developed business at this point. Um, they've been very successful in Spain, but we realized like, oh, this coffee is really good. And so that's sort of started. That's also where we got the the solo coffee magazine that we sent you guys. It's sort of like the bilingual English yeah. and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so they they offer the magazines there and they've been featured multiple times in it. Um, but we just started, um, we liked that cup of coffee. We wanted to investigate a little bit more on the ecological side because we knew Torte Factor, we'd heard bad things about it, like Adam had um, alluded to. Mm-hmm. And then we came home for six months to the U.S. and we started thinking about opportunities for us to really like invest more in our neighborhood, get to know more people in our neighborhood. And we know that a cafe here is a very good like water hole, watering hole, like for people to meet, meet their friends, 
get to know people, have really good conversations. And so we love the, um, like the scene, what a coffee shop is in the U S even Starbucks, like they create this environment where you go right. in and you sit, it's cozy. And there really are very few of those places here in Spain. Um, and we love the places in Madrid because they offer that environment. And we knew that there was nothing in our town very much. The places are super small. So we were, we were thinking like, okay, well, that could create something new that we know that people like because we'd heard that Spanish people like those types of places. So we sort of started down the road of learning more about coffee um, and just sort of thinking through the logistics and creating a business plan of what it would look like. Would it be possible for us to launch this as a, as a project? Okay, so I'm going to jump in here real quick. Um, Allison, my wife and I, we met eminently and Adam at the best place on earth. Chapel Hill, North Carolina, go Tar Heels. <laughs> Emily uh, has a business degree, and this lady is detail-oriented, uh, the opposite <laughs> of you, Aaron. So I know you have a dynamite business plan, and she's also very fashionable. So yeah. I can yeah. just see the wheels are turning in your head. So sorry to jump around here, but give us a little bit about – uh, your vision for the aesthetic of the shop. Cause I mean, that might seem kind of trite, but we've talked on previous episodes. Are you going for what we would call specialty coffee here in America? Like a, a, not just coffee, clean aesthetic vibe and give us an overview of what you're planning to have on your menu and the design of the building set the, set the tempo. And then we'll hear more about everything else. Sure. Um, so if I'm going to describe this space, when we were looking for options for um, a shop, we wanted about minimum 700 square foot or more, um, because you here that would give you an occupancy of around 20 to 25 inside. And we were looking for a space that would also have some outside seating options, like a terrace option, like you see in Spain and France, like where there's chairs out there and people are enjoying um, coffee outside as well. So we wanted both of those um, options for a space. And so we started looking in our neighborhood and we found one that is where we're currently renting and at, but Adam, uh, was like, we can't get the first thing that we see, but we made like a whole yeah. spreadsheet <laughs> of like every place wrote down numbers. We like, I had like lettered the buildings and then numbered the locale, like the storefronts and like the positives and the negatives. What are the things we're looking for? Like had this whole thing contacted people like, and this was the only one where anyone even responded. We had probably like 15 to 20, 15 to 20 properties. Um, and we I was were, like, we can't do that one. Like we can't do the only one that's an yeah. option. It yeah. was like, not this one, but I love this, this shop because the, a lot of the buildings, almost all the, like we call them locales here, like, which is like a locale. It's like your, your storefront. Mm. A lot of the locales here are for buying. And we knew that that took a very high capital investment. Plus you, the uh, renter here would, or the owner is responsible also for the outfit, which you're looking at easily like 60 to 70,000 euros for that, plus the cost of the building. So we were trying to think we want to launch into something that's a good project, but not something that's going to fail in the first couple of years and invest so much money and then have maybe not succeed. We just didn't know. Mm -hmm. So we, um, in cons consultation with other like business people, we decided to do a rental agreement. But again, going back to this was the only one that called us back. Um, and so this shop too was one of the few that the landlord had gone in and does some 
um, like some remodeling in the space to where it had an actual door because some of them are just like right. concrete brick and you have to make your door you have to make your window he'd already gone in and done like a door frame that was inset as well as a giant window in the front that gives a lot of good natural light so we were very intrigued by the property because it we wanted it adam was very much about where it faces and the sunlight and all that <laughs> He's a biologist, so he always thinks about plants and sun and, you know, what's going to get the best, how, you know, so together I was like, okay, well, I like it because it's a big, pretty window and it's going to like let in a lot of natural light. And he was like, I think that would work for the, I was like thinking all the varieties of plants plants and all that. So, um, so we ended up signing a contract with that one and it's great. It's like a big square is, was bare walls that has the exposed brick that was in there with some like concrete columns that were sort of on each of the four posts. And from there, we started working with an architect and we really wanted to envision, I would say, my phrase for describing the coffee shop aesthetic is buttoned up bohemian. So we have a lot of like, it's professional, it's clean, but it's also like Breton and some vintage tile and macrame. macrame. So it's in plants. So it's got a lot of like unique things that definitely are seen in shops here, but not necessarily in in some cafes we've seen it actually in Barcelona, but it gives sort of like, like that cozy feel that we want people to come in and feel comfortable with sitting down. Um, but in addition to that, we really wanted, we've seen in several cafes here in Madrid where they have to accommodate groups, um, instead of having just tables and chairs, they have like bleacher seating designed where it's a couple levels and then you can sit and then have like a group take up not as much floor space, but you know, Mm-hmm. Or people are working on laptops as well. It's a great space for them to work and have a coffee. So that was an essential that we sort of talked through with our architect and we're getting, they're called gradas here, or like bleacher seating. And so we're going to have a section of bleacher seating um, made out of wood and then a built-in bench on one side. So we really want to divide the space into sort of like a teleworking or you can work on your laptop in this space. And then on the other side of the shop, there's going to be more tables and chairs, like a lounge area that we want for more conversation area where people can't work on their laptops there, but we sort of have, there's a space divided in that way. Oh my gosh. This is like incredible. This is, this is so cool. I mean, maybe we need to fly over for the grand opening. (laughs) Seriously. Like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because it, it's grown legs and I know from being on this side of the microphone and on this side of the video, it feels like it's grown very fra- fast. But I know from y'all currently in this moment, uh, you may not be moving. You may you're moving in a different time than probably wanted, right? Because it's because this has not been an overnight uh, overnight process. It's taken you a while to get even to this point, right? It has, yeah, taken a while. And then, I mean, a lot of it's cultural things too, like understanding the legislation here and the different things. And luckily our architect has been very helpful with that. She's helped us a ton. And then two for us is just the whole cultural aspect of introducing something, even as a business model, like you don't want to be too crazy because too crazy is like not something that people are going to come to. So it's kind of like stretching people to something that you really think is good, but not so far outside of their, you know, comfort zone that they're going to taste it one time or be there one time. It's like, eh, this is kind of weird. And then just yeah. go back to their normal habits. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that, nor, it's your, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nor do, they're very prone to copy a lot of things here, like copy, like franchising, like franchising ideas. 
And here we wanted to take some elements that we knew that were recognized, like I was alluding to earlier, but not too weird, like Adam was saying, to where people would like walk past this thing. Oh, this is a little strange, but I'm not going to go in because it's just not my vibe. So we wanted we had to sort of do a little bit of research and go to different places in Spain to see what was a successful um, design concept, but something that was still unique in which we could put our fingerprint on it that would be Adam and Emily and not a copy of somewhere else we yeah. saw in Spain. So. Okay, so here's a question, because this is something that you, you said, if the uh, sugarized, uh, sugar-coated coffee bean is basically what the standard is, right? So like, mm-hmm. and you're trying to come into a place that is boutique coffee, do you kind of have a, have you thought through a transition for a new customer that may be like, okay, we can't get them on this green light bean, but we can, because I know you said that the cup that you have in front of you is going to be, Emily, going to be the roaster that you plan to use when the cafe launches. So how have y'all thought through that transition period where you can kind of introduce some people and, and kind of dip their toe in? Yeah, we have. And one of the reasons we really like this roaster is because he's in a little tiny Pueblo. So like he's in a small town roasting these beans. He's in the town square there. So we talked a lot with him, just like, he's actually a Turkish guy, but married to a Spanish woman. And we were like, how, how does this work here? Like, what have you found culturally, like introducing this, you know, you have all these other coffee places around you. Um, What do you notice with the people? And he said, the big thing is that if he can get people in to taste the coffee, like whatever that takes, even if it's just a friend that brings them, He's like, they'll taste it and they may not be like, wow, it's, you know, blown away, you know, like a geisha or something like that. But he says when they go back and try to drink the other car, the other coffee at other bars, they're like, Ugh, this is not right. This is not. And we noticed the same thing. Like we for five or six years are here. We're drinking Facto, And it was like, you just dump your sugar, dump your milk. Hey, man, Spain has great coffee. But then when we started getting into specialty coffee and drinking like really good, freshly roasted, these places that really care about the process. And then we go back now and it's like, oh, oh man, this is just disgusting. Uh, I sometimes still like going back and drinking it just because like remembering the contrast of like, wow, this, yeah, there really is a difference here. And yeah. that's what he found with those. So we're hoping with our people, we can do the same thing that get them in the door, have them drink a cup of coffee, whether it's a friend or someone that brings them. And we really think based on what he said that, people will notice the difference. So, yeah. So, and I think I was just going to add a small detail about here. When you go to a cafe, you don't really have, you might have more takeaway options here. Takeaway is not as it's growing, but historically you didn't take a coffee takeaway. You go, you sit down, you have your coffee because it's where you're meeting your friends or you're socializing. You finish your coffee, then you get up and leave. Takeaway cups are sort of seen as like more international, maybe not necessarily more American, but just more students, people on the go. Um, it's had more and more. There's actually a, a small spot that does do takeaway here in our neighborhood. And we're going to do takeaway as well. But it's the details that Spaniards really notice too, like stamping a cup with your logo or something that looks more like artisan. They're really drawn to that because usually they want to support a small business in their neighborhood because they know how hard it is to establish something in your neighborhood that they're really wanting to like support the, the starting, to support the local. Um, and especially like our neighbors of our like, shops beside us they're already like recognizing us and like checking in like hey we know hope it's going well like we're really rooting for you so i think they're all sort of like a community like camaraderie as well and um, that will help us because people 
at launching our Instagram page, we have a lot of neighbors that have started to follow us and they're constantly writing us messages like, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. I just found you, I walk by your shop. And we have like a little paper that has a little, our handle on it and like the logo and just a, a slogan of English and community. Yeah. And we've got on a lot of neighbors, probably around 50 neighbors that have started to follow us via Instagram and just writing us notes and saying they're so excited. They saw that we were doing construction and yeah. they can't wait for us to open because they can't wait to have a specialty coffee shop in their neighborhood. I think so. they're so excited that it, we have like three dental clinics in our neighborhood and we have three hair salons and we have like three convenience stores. It's like something opens up. You're like, what's it going to be? And it's like, oh, it's another dental clinic. <laughs> so, okay, real quick around. before we continue on. What for the listeners that are listening that want to follow along, what is the handle and way that people can uh, reach out to you? Sure. Um, so our handle is at Bria Cafe and Bria is B-R-I-L-L-A-C-A-F-E Cafe. Um, that's our Instagram handle. Feel free to follow along. Uh, we are also, if they're really curious to see the progress. They want to see what really happens in a marriage and with a, uh, a business. Yeah. Uh, there We have a YouTube channel. You can Google us on YouTube, Bria Cafe, and you can actually see the daily progress of the remodel of the cafe. Um, we've really been trying to put a lot out there for people that are interested in just seeing it from start to finish. Um, we're on day 42 right now. And um, there's some interesting, you can see the frustration, you can see the joy, you can see all of it. But yeah, YouTube and Instagram where where you can find us. And we have a website to just www.briacafe.com. So. Guys, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Coffee Snobs Podcast. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram, Coffee Snobs Podcast. Hello at coffeesnobs.net if you want to do email and Thanks again for listening. For Aaron, this is Tyler, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye.